0: The volume. Moneyline Monaco is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. This is why I love betting on the FanDuel Sportsbook. There's great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and so much more. There's amazing new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings if you want to cash out in as fast as 2 hours and how fun is it to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in presented by FanDuel on that homepage. if you are new just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now sign up with promo code Monaco so they know I sent you disclaimer 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. All right, welcome into another episode of the best gambling show ever on volume sports across all socials, YouTube, etc. Fired up special edition episode. We got another sharp from the Action Network. He is a senior staff writer and co-host of the Wonder Goal podcast. BJ Cunningham coming on to talk all things March Madness. I'm fired up to talk
1: with you, BJ. Thanks for joining us. No problem and we are so so close to March Madness and that Thursday morning when you wake up I mean there's no there's no better feeling uh, any day really in the whole calendar as a gambler than that th- waking up that Thursday morning so I'm I'm very very excited for March Madness
0: We got you on Christmas Eve for all of us DJ so it is a pleasure to be chopping it up with you we're gonna start out with a little segment we like to call too high, too low, or just right in terms of where the spreads are and if you think they are correct as far as the handicappers go. And then if you have a lean or a pick, we'd love to hear it. We're going to start out with Indiana coming in off a nice W against Wyoming. They are stamping themselves in the tourney, going against St. Mary's. Right now, our home book, FanDuel, has St. Mary's as a minus-two favorite, do you think that's too high, too low, or just right, BJ?
1: Uh, I think it's just about right. Maybe a little too low on St. Mary's. So the thing with Indiana, like you saw last night and throughout the big 10 tournament is they're one of the highest post-up frequency teams in the country because they have one of the best skilled big men's in the country and trace Jackson Davis. Well, St. Mary's is top 25 nationally in points per possession allowed in post sets, And they're also top 50 in field goal percentage allowed at the rim and defensive rebounding. So Now, Indiana, they love to throw the ball down low, and Jackson Davis draws a lot of double teams, which creates a lot of open three-pointers. Indiana is actually seventh in the country in open three-point rate. Well, St. Mary's is top five in preventing open three-pointers. This is really not a great matchup for Indiana offensively. On the flip side, Indiana ended the season as the number one team in the Big Ten in adjusted defensive efficiency, and they're tremendous at defending in the half court, which is where a majority of this game is going to be played, because St. Mary's plays one of the slowest paces in the country. But St. Mary's is very similar to Indiana in the fact that they also run a ton of post-up sets. They're top 10 in terms of post-up frequency uh, in the entire country, and a lot of their shots come at the rim. But Indiana, top 25 in terms of field goal percentage allowed at the rim. So this is going to be a big-time defensive slugfest. The one advantage I would say St. Mary's actually has is they're the number one team in the country in open three-point rate. Indiana is 212th in preventing open three-pointers. So that is pretty much the edge right there. If St. Mary's can knock down those open three-pointers, they will get onto the next round. So I think the line is about correct, maybe a little too low on St. Mary's. If anything, you know, the over-under is at 126 uh, and a half. That's that's pretty, uh, pretty low. But again, this is going to be a slow game played in the half court with a lot of post-upsets. So uh, if anything, I would probably be playing St. Mary's in the under, but ultimately I will probably be passing.
0: Just for viewers out there, and I'm – I'm with you on the minus two. I've watched more Indiana than St. Mary's. Of course, we've seen them dance against Gonzaga, and and they play them well, and they're an excellent cover as well. When you look at this Indiana team and how Woodson has them playing, you look at the last several games they've covered against teams they shouldn't have. They beat some teams in the Big Ten tournament. A lot of people didn't see them beating. How much when you're capping these games, coming in with momentum, I feel like Indiana has a ton of momentum behind them. Do you give any edge or any thought to that when you're betting on teams like Indiana that's in their first NCAA since 2016? Or you just kind of go with more statistically, St. Mary's has the edges in three, four five categories. You got to go with them.
1: Uh, I mean, it really depends. Obviously, momentum matters. I'm not trying to say that it doesn't matter. But I, for me, I love to look at every single matchup individually and not really what's kind of I mean, obviously, what's happened in the past is what we use to grade these things out analytically. But, you know, Indiana obviously has played tougher competition than St. Mary's throughout the entire season. But at that same token, when you're actually – for me, it's more of a matchup base than what's happened the previous game. You know, in the NSA tournament, it, we've seen it time and time again with these 11 seeds that have to play a play-in game. You know, getting their legs fresh and going for, for a game actually has somewhat of a benefit versus a team that's had – like St. Mary's has had a pretty long break since the WCC – conference tournament was a week before all the other conference tournaments so it's it's interesting but then again you have indiana who has to travel from dayton to i'm not sure where this game is located but you have a day of travel and then you only have one game of practice so there's there's things working for them and against them in terms of momentum so for me i think all those things kind of just cancel out in this situation and i think it's more based on the actual matchup at hand
0: i like it all right well let's move on to gonzaga large number BJ minus 23 and a half taken on Georgia state. We know the history of 16 and one only one time ever little UMBC a couple years back against Virginia. Do you think Gonzaga covers, you think this number is right where it should be or little low, little high.
1: Let's say uh, you- I think Georgia state is criminally undervalued here. They were one of the uh, really undervalued all throughout the Sun Belt. And listen, I mean, Gonzaga is going to win this game. I'm not saying it's going to be an upset. But Georgia State does have the characteristics that can give Gonzaga some trouble. First off, they don't really have the height to compete with them, but boy, can they defend at the rim. 27th in the country and two point field goal percentage, 45th in field goal percentage allowed at the rim, which, not surprisingly, is where most of Gonzaga's buckets are coming from. Gonzaga, obviously, as you've seen, they love to push the pace, they love to get out in transition. It's where 22% of their possessions happen. But Georgia State is the third best team in the country in points per possession allowed in transition defense. So it's a pretty good matchup for them defensively. They're also top 20 in turnover percentage. They're 36th in forcing bad shot selection. They're eighth in defending off ball screens, which is what Gonzaga does a ton of. So even though Georgia State isn't a great offensive team, this is a pretty good matchup for them. But the one thing they do have offensively is they run a ton of pick and roll, which is the one area Gonzaga has somewhat struggled with defensively all season. So I think this number is way too high and Georgia state really should not have been a 16 seat. They should have been at least a 15 and probably a 14. So if I'm Gonzaga, I'm actually pretty pissed that I have to play Georgia state in this first round. I would rather play, you know, Texas Southern or Corpus Christi out of the play in game, but I think this number is a little too high on Gonzaga. I think it should be around 20. So uh, I love Georgia state to cover plus 23 and a half.
0: Just getting your thoughts here, since a lot of people are filling out their brackets, listening, wondering where this Gonzaga team is. They're on Fanduel 140 to come out of that west top left part of your bracket. You look at them, obviously, number one in offense. They're top seven in defensive efficiency with Ken Palm. A lot of people are saying they have better defense in years past offensively. Don't know if there's a little bit of a dip from last year's team, but of course, Holmgren coming in, averaging almost a double-double is incredible. Where do you have this team, BJ? Just speaking on them while we have them, because their team, a lot of people are filling out their brackets all the way to the Final Four or beyond, you know, been in the championship three times in the last five years. Where do you rank this Gonzaga squad? You think they can run the table, and is it their
1: year? I mean, analytically, they're the number one team in the country, no matter where you you look at. But I do think they're definitely vulnerable to go out before the uh, Final Four, especially if they have to play Texas Tech, who's the number one defense in the entire country. For me, I'm still, uh, I'm one of those people that, you know, we've been doing so much work for March Madness, trying to do picks and gamble and everything. I still haven't filled out my bracket. I've done a little bit of it, but I'm still trying to decide, Between Texas Tech upsetting Gonzaga to get to the final four, because I do think they have a really good matchup. But I think the final four is probably the peak of Gonzaga this season. I mean, they obviously have plenty of talent down low, but if you think about it, if they have to play Kentucky in the final four and they have to play Shibe, that is horrible, horrible matchup for them, even though they have those two great big guys. So you know, playing the WCC every single year. I mean, we say it all the time. It was a pretty good conference this year, you know, with St. Mary's and San Francisco and BYU, but they just don't play the the level of competition that some of these other teams are playing throughout the entire season. So for me, I think, you know, the game against St. Mary's where they just had a big time stinker, that makes me very concerned if I'm somebody that's having Gonzaga go all the way and win it. So for me, Gonzaga is probably the peak for me is probably final four. Uh, and I might might even have them going out before then.
0: Take a shot on college hoops this March with a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account all customers get a risk-free bet on the bracket. Just sign in to the FanDuel Sportsbook app to claim yours today. New to FanDuel, sign up with promo code Monaco to get in on the action. Then you can bet on that underdog you've had your eye on. Or just go with the favorite. Either way, it's risk-free. For me, I'm loving myself. A little North Carolina over Marquette. They're undefeated on four-plus days off, 8-0 and this season. This is a top-three rebounding team in the country. They have three guys in double digits. Baycott's going to absolutely feast. I just think Marquette, little hot and cold, little Jekyll and Hyde. Give me the Tar Heels coming in with a W for this bet. And with cash out, the ball's in your court. So you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. There's no better place to bet the tournament than FanDuel Sportsbook. Join now with promo code MONACO. Or if you already have an account, sign into the FanDuel Sportsbook app to claim your risk-free bet today. All-state disclaimer. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $5. Offer is non-transferable. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-Next-Step or text Next Step to 53342. Arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat. Connecticut 1-800-Gambler or visit FanDuel.com forward slash rg. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia 1-877-770-STOP. Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help michigan 1-8778 hope new york or text hope new york four six seven three six nine new york tennessee redline line 1-800-889-9789 tennessee visit www.1800gambler.net west virginia all right i appreciate that insight let's get into a little fate or follow as we do on the show where i'll throw up a pick as well as you, you dive in with me, you go against me. We try to get better for the audience. I'll kick it off. I'm going to go with North Carolina here, BJ, minus three. I've seen the hook come in at minus three and a half. I'm looking at this team. I've watched them a good amount in the last couple weeks. Three guys in double figures. I love the Baycott's top three in rebounds. He's a double, double machine. Three guys that between Caleb Love, RJ Davis and Baycott, I mean, they're putting up 77 points per game, which is pretty impressive to Gonzaga's 87 and a half, which is number one in the country. I look at a little rest advantage here for North Carolina. I know it's an odd way to look at this game, but they're 8-0 and straight up. Off a rest. And for me, looking at Marquette, only one and five against the spread and four plus days off. I know they have a stud in justin lewis averaging 17 and 8 but i think north carolina's ability to rebound ability to score is too much for marquette i didn't like how they played against creighton are you fading or are you following with me on north carolina swallowing in three
1: uh i would if i had to play anything i would follow this is one of the games that i'm probably going to end up staying away from like you mentioned the rebounding advantage for North Carolina is massive and Marquette is outside the top 300 in both offensive and defensive rebounding percentage. So Baycott could have like 17, 18 rebounds. <laughs> uh, the, the thing is, is it's going to be played very fast. Marquette loves play a fast pace as well, but Marquette, the, the troublesome thing here is they're actually top five in the country in terms of the quality of three pointers that they allow. And North Carolina is obviously hitting a ton of three pointers at a good percentage this season. But if you look at some of their regression stats, they're due for a little bit of negative shooting regression. And also, North Carolina is outside the top 250 in transition defense. So, those things are a little bit worrisome for North Carolina. But again, I think the rebounding fan, I agree with you. The rebounding advantage is just too much, I think, for Marquette to overcome. So, I am going to be following you with North Carolina at minus three. One of my favorite bets of Thursday, it's one of the early ones South Dakota State against Providence. Providence was the luckiest team in all of college basketball this season. If you look at Ken Palm, or if you look at another analytics site like shot quality that measures expected results, Providence had eight more wins than they should have this season. And this is a horrible, horrible matchup for them against the Jackrabbits, who if you haven't seen them play, they are an absolute wagon offensively. They finished top five in all of college basketball in three-point field goal percentage, effective field goal percentage, points per possession in both the half court, and transition. And that transition one is key because they do play at a fast pace. And Providence is 320th in the nation in points per possession allowed in transition defense. And even outside of transition, you know, Providence, they do struggle in defending off-ball screens and off-dribble three pointers. They're outside the top 250 in both those categories. South Dakota State's fourth in the entire nation offensively in both wow. of those categories. I mean, South Dakota State's two guards, Baylor Shireman and Charlie Easley, are both shooting over 46% from behind the arc. I mean, this is an unbelievable shooting team. They haven't lost in a really, really long time. I mean, 30 wins on the season. The one thing with Providence and one advantage they tend to have over a lot of teams and why they've had some of this type of luck is they're 12th in terms of uh, free throw rate at getting in the free throw line. Well, South Dakota State's eighth in the country at preventing people getting the free throw line. So this is a horrific matchup for Providence. And I love South Dakota State plus two on the money line. Throwing in round robin, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I love this Jackrabbits team. Are you fading? Are you following with me on the Jackrabbits?
0: Man, you make a compelling argument. I got to follow for good juju. I When else have we seen a four thirteen matchup that's a two-point spread, BJ? I mean, look at the Vanderbilt. other matchups. That's why yeah. I'm feeling like. It might be a sucker bet for people that aren't doing the research like you are, not knowing what South Dakota State can do. And Providence has been playing with their food all season. I know that, that much.
1: Yeah, I think the last one was uh, Vanderbilt. I think it was around 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. They were also uh, one of the luckier teams in college basketball. I think I read a while ago they were the last team to finish outside the top 40 in the Ken Palm rankings to get a four seed, and they obviously lost outright. So uh, I think Providence is in that same boat. But, you know, obviously the odds have adjusted for this, and Providence is 35-1 to to make the final four as a four seed, which is kind of crazy. So uh, the bookmakers have definitely caught up. With the Providence, uh, you know, luck type of thing. And I mean, these things tend to regress negatively, and you saw it in the Big East tournament. Providence, you know, Creighton put a 31 to two run on them in the semis. So I think everything's kind of crashing back down to earth. So I think South Dakota State's absolutely just going to shoot them right out of the gym.
0: I love it. All right, I'm a little nervous about throwing this one at you. I have a feeling I, I may be on the sucker side, but I I can't not take Michigan over Colorado State. I, I I just can't. I know a very lackluster season, a little off the court issues with Jawan. of course, not not being able to coach the team the whole year. I still can't get over. I've watched him beat Iowa. I've watched him beat Purdue. They crushed Michigan State. I, I mean, between Brooks and Dickinson and Diabote, I mean, for me, I feel like there's enough veteran prowess on this team team for them to at least get past the first round. I also think if they're listening to the media, I know this is a little macro micro, but everyone's off of them. Everyone's doubting them. Everyone's just saying they don't even deserve to be here again, playing in the big 10, you play competitive basketball all season. I don't have a ton of research on the Rams. I know they're impressive offensively. I would really more, more want to talk this out with you. I just got to go Michigan Little bit of a, a Homer pick here, but I just want to see them get past the first round, maybe dance against Tennessee, make it interesting. What say you on this, you fading or following?
1: Uh, I'm going to fade you on this one. So as of 10 o'clock Eastern this morning, uh, Michigan starting point guard Devontae Jones is not traveling with the team because the is pretty massive for Michigan. Uh, massive. Yeah. Colorado state, they've, they've, Listen, they're, they're a very good team in the Mountain West. They've overperformed a tad bit. And Michigan does have some advantage, especially in pick and roll. Colorado State is terrible at defending in pick and roll. Uh, but Colorado State has an unbelievable score uh, by the name of – shoot, sorry, I lost his name right there. Uh, sorry, I'll start that again. But Colorado State has an unbelievable score by the name of David Roddy, who I'm not sure Michigan is going to be able to guard with Diabate or Caleb Houston. I mean, the dude's six foot six. 255 shooting over 60% from inside the arc and 40% from beyond three point range. It's a huge, huge matchup problem for me. You know, the Michigan point guard situation kind of puts this in uh, somewhat flux. I did bet Colorado state when he was out this morning, but I do think this is a potential fun live betting game to open up the tournament. So Colorado state had their travel delayed to Indy. Uh, the NCAA screwed it up. So they had to leave Tuesday morning. So they're getting in with a two hour time difference on Tuesday afternoon. One day of practice, having to play the very first game in the tournament, they could come out a little slow, a little sluggish. So I think there's potential to get Colorado State at a better number live. And as we've seen with Michigan, and especially in the Big Ten tournament against Indiana, they are very, very capable of blowing a huge lead. So uh, I'm going to fade you on Colorado State.
0: Real quick, do you think there's any mismatches, though? I mean, we watched Diabate put up 28 on Iowa, and we've seen Dickinson be pretty productive on the post. Is there any mismatches that you think Jawan is potentially trying to expose going into this matchup? You think this more comes down to the shooting of Colorado State?
1: Well, they do have a big uh, height advantage and down low with Hunter Dickerson. I mean, Colorado's tallest guy is six foot 10. And Michigan obviously runs a ton of post up sets with Dickerson, Colorado State. Uh, they have been pretty decent defending in the post but the one thing about Michigan and the good advantage that they will have and it's basically is can they knock down their three-pointers they were 46th in the country in open three-point rate but they're only they're shooting under 34 so it's just kind of a matter for Michigan of just knocking down those shots when Dickinson gets doubled so uh I definitely think that Michigan has some advantages but again Devontae Jones being out is uh pretty massive for michigan yes, offensively so i will end up probably playing the rams uh, and potentially getting a better number on them live but for my and this is another one of my favorite picks on thursday the vermont catamounts plus five against arkansas uh two years in a row that arkansas has gotten a pretty crappy first round draw last year it was colgate who gave them a big scare now they have to face an incredibly experienced vermont team actually the fourth most experienced team in college basketball per Ken Palm. And the market has hit this pretty hard. Uh, Arkansas opened at minus six and a half, and now they're down to minus five. This is a really good matchup for Vermont. First off, they're the number one team in the country in defensive rebounding percentage, which is absolutely massive against Arkansas who crashes the offensive glass at an incredibly high rate. Secondly, they're also really good at defending inside the arc 22nd and two point field goal percentage allowed top 80 in field goal percentage allowed at the rim. Arkansas can't shoot threes. They're shooting around 30% from behind the arc and they don't take a ton of them. So if they're not able to score inside, that is a big, big time problem. Vermont also should be able to slow this down. They play at a really, really slow pace with most of their uh, offensive sets coming in the half court where they're actually the second most efficient team in college basketball all season long by points per possession. Vermont, very good in terms of their shot selection. They don't turn the ball over to high rate and they're an incredibly efficient attacking the rim so if arkansas is forced to play this in the grind out half court game which they don't want to do because what they want to do is they want to push the pace and get out transition they have to play in the half court against one of the more efficient offenses in all of college basketball that is incredibly experienced they are without a doubt on upset alert so i love vermont plus five on the money line are you fading or are you following me on vermont
0: I'm going to follow you, BJ. I'm loving this plus five. I think this Vermont team comes in with momentum. All double-digit wins in their conference tournament. Arkansas, not that hot as of late. Didn't look great in the SEC tournament either. So I'm with you. I think plus five in an interesting contest is enough points. I'm not going to go money line, but I'm going to absolutely tell you on the plus five. I love it. want to thank bj for coming on with us make sure to check out his pod the wonder goal podcast and all things action network content good luck to everyone in all of their bets we hope you got some value on these podcasts and happy march madness
1: the volume